very nostalgic episode of the Fire and Water podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Old Anxine, Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy? Nostalgic, as opposed to all the forward-facing episodes that we do of the Fire and Water podcast. <laughs> right, when we cover the 1982 comics <laughs> between Firestorm and Aquaman that are so cutting-edge and, and of the minute. Ah, yes, folks, uh, this is going to be a nostalgic episode. Not the kind where it's, you know, it's not, not like a clip show, like... Uh, we're we're going to be looking back at 2014. You remember that time, Shag? Right. I got right. my head stuck in a turkey. Oh my god, that was crazy. <laughs> and let's remember that. No, or like when Next Generation like it was like their what, second season they did a clip show that early. I think it was. It was like, "What, really? Riker needs a clip show in season 2?" Really? <laughs> anyway, uh, no, we are going to look back at the sort of what happened to our primary characters, Aquaman and Firestorm in 2014. Both of them had Pretty good here. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, for the characters, and uh, it's worth looking back at. And you know what? It's 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 after Christmas, and by the time you hear this, it's just a day or two before New Year's. And you know, it's the right time to look back and reflect on how the year went. So, before we get rolling with that, though, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor, In Stock Trades, folks. In Stock Trades is your best online source for trades hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping orders of $50 or more. And in fact, right now, they're having a crap ton of sales. Like, up to the, like, if you hear this after New Year's, you're screwed. But if you hear it before New Year's, they're having a ton of sales on stuff through the end of the year. So, race right out there and get them. In fact, well, anyway, what you got, Rob? (laughs) Well, uh, my pick this week is, uh, some of you probably have seen that uh, the artist Norm Brayfogle, great artist, Batman and Archie, and probably Archie and Batman, uh, artist Norm Brevigal had a stroke, uh, which, you know, of course, anybody having a stroke, it's a terrible thing, but someone as young as, as Norm, it seems, uh, 
Unbelievable. So they're currently having his family is organizing a fundraiser to help uh, pay off his medical bills because, of course, it's all going to be very expensive. So I went and looked uh, on Insect Trades for some of Norm's Batman stuff. And surprisingly, that stuff has not been collected, which is crazy because that was one of like the most famous uh, and highly regarded runs uh, he did with writer Alan Grant. And so that stuff's not collected. So I found something else, which is Batman Birth of the Demon trade paperback. Uh, it collects Son of the Demon, Bride of the Demon, Birth of the Demon, and Mother-in-Law of the Demon, I believe, which is uh, <laughs> all these different volumes featuring, of course, tight. No, no, it's it's Third Cousin Removed. Yeah, <laughs> Downstairs Neighbor of the Demon, which uh, it's all these stories about uh, Talia Agul and Raish Rao, however you incorrectly want to say it. Um, the writers are Mike W. Barr and Dennis O'Neill, and the artists are Jerry Bingham, Tom Grinberg, and, of course, Norm Brayfogel. The cover artist is Andy Kubert, page count 296, Normal price twenty nine ninety nine. and stock trades price is $17.39. That's 42% off. So even if um, you're not inclined or you don't have the money to donate to Norm's medical campaign, you can buy this, which means you get some really cool Batman comics drawn by Norm. And I'm sure, by the way, that these things will work out, that he will end up getting some you know royalty money because this stuff's being collected. So uh, Batman, Batman under Norm Bravegal always look really cool. So give this book a shot. Batman Birth of the Demon trade paperback. It's absolutely criminal that his stuff hasn't been collected. I mean, those are the first appearances of Tim Drake. I can't believe that there's any Batman comics that have not been collected. It's Batman. Wait, I'm sorry. Tim Drake as Robin, I should say. I'm sorry. Be specific. First appearances of Tim Drake as Robin. I mean, they're great stuff. In fact, those are the comics that made me a Batman fan, that put me through my Batman phase was his stuff. In fact, I was in a store tonight, and they have these big, like, wall art signs, you know, you can get that are like, I don't know. Uh, 14 by 16, whatever, you know? And they have, like, you know, retro Superman and Spider-Man covers. The Batman one they had was a Detective Comics Norm Breifogel cover. Mm-hmm. Batman yeah, Sand in the Rain. great stuff. He did great, great stuff. <sighs> and uh, one of the founding fathers of the Ultraverse. Um, well, artistic, let's... Yeah. Artistic creator on Prime. So, <laughs> Well, no, you laugh, but we've been actually running some stuff about uh, Norm's support fund funding group on the ultraverse stuff good so. for you not that you would know but anyway folks my pick is uh forever evil argus trade paperback i know what you're thinking oh hot damn another forever evil trade paperback and one not even the main series but one of these ancillary spinoffs like forever evil you know argus forever evil justice League, forever evil your mom you know whatever now uh this one on the surface looks like a miniseries about steve trevor Wonder Woman's ex-boyfriend, which I know sounds, Ooh, thrilling. Exciting. sounds thrilling, doesn't it? Yeah. However, wait for it, folks. That not only is Steve Trevor in it, the other stars of this series are Professor Martin Stein, Killer Frost, uh, Hyena, Black Bison, uh, Plastique, Multiplex. What? The well, Dallas what? Cowboy Cheerleaders, Gabe Kaplan, <laughs> Lee no, Majors. This, have, you, have you listened to that Two True Freaks episode yet? No, which one are you talking about? <laughs> they did, it's like either 45, I think it's 45 straight minutes of people, including Michael Bailey, saying like, appearing and giving lists like that. Just right, right. 45 minutes of people <laughs> who's appearing. It's hilarious. Anyway, so again, Martin Stein, Killer Frost, Black Bison, Plastic, Multiplex, Hyena, written by our good friend Sterling Gates. This is a Firestorm trade paperback in disguise, folks. So pick this up, and it's also relevant to what we're going to talk about today because this was coming out in 2014. Again, written by Sterling Gates, art by Philip Tan and some other folks, cover artist Mikhail Janin, 144 pages, full color, 
Normally goes for $14.99. In stock price is $8.24. That's 45% off right now. If you want to see Professor Stein unload a shotgun into Killer Frost, this is the mini series to pick up. I'm just saying. So check that out. Pick up the Norm Brayfogle. Uh, what is it? The Birth of. No, not. What is it called? Batman, Bur- Batman Birth of the Demon. Birth of the Demon. Okay. And pick up, you know, Forever Evil Argus trade paperback, both on in stock trades, your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions. So. Man, so Christmas is over. I got a couple of cool things. I got a uh, TARDIS blanket, which is awesome. I get all snug as a bug in a rug under my TARDIS blanket. Got this Rockin' Star Wars shirt that I've, I've been wearing it today. Actually, you would love it. It's right up your alley. It's actually old Star Wars comics. The art Neat. is the artist from the old Star Wars comics from Marvel. It's just two X-Wings flying over, like looks like, I don't know, a spacecape or something. But three different people complimented me on it in the mall today. Very strange. I never get compliments. I wear comic t-shirts all the time. Never get compliments. So I was like, oh, pretty cool. So that got a, jeez, what else did I get? I'm trying to remember here as I go to my phone. Oh, yeah. Got a Guardians of the Galaxy Blu-ray. All right. Can't wait to bust into that. And a couple other geeky things from the fam. So it was good. It was nice. Very nice. Very nice. I bought myself some Star Wars comics. Nobody can ever get me any geeky stuff because they don't know what I have. Sure. And I ended up getting it. So I bought myself like just a whole bunch of Star Wars comics off of eBay. So And I'm there. The pile is sitting right here. I have one more book to finish before the end of the year. And then I'm going to give myself like some time off and read these Star Wars comics. So I'm like super looking forward to that. Nice. Jackson, represent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love that character. Speaking of buying yourself something, I had to buy a pair of glasses uh, because my, my frames broke. And I put up on Facebook, I put a couple of different ones. There's this great company that sends you frames to try at home. And you, you try them on and you can send them back for free. It doesn't cost you anything. Anyway, so I put a couple of pictures up on Facebook. And the one frame that everyone in the world seemed to settle on, including you, Rob, uh, ultimately I picked it because... Two in particular people, out of the 40-some-odd people that recommended this frame, there were two people in particular. One was Jerry Conway, and the other was my mother. Because I figured those two people created two of my favorite characters in the, in the universe, and so I should go with uh, what their opinion matters. <laughs> Let you figure out who those two characters are that my mother and Jerry Conway created. So. I think we can figure that out, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, 2014. Not looking forward to the new year here. I mean, this is the kind of time where you look back, you reflect, you go, "What kind of year have I had? What's my? What have I done this year in my life? Where did I start and where did I finish?" And we're doing the same sort of thing with our characters of Aquaman and Firestorm. And we look back and we go, "Rob, where did? Where was Aquaman when 2014 started?" Well, it's kind of amazing to think that uh, this time last year was Jeff Johns's last issue of Aquaman, ah. uh, which means Jeff. It feels like Jeff Parker has been writing the book longer than that. Doesn't it? It doesn't feel like Absolutely. it's been less than a year. It really Absolutely does. Yeah, does. it's just, uh, and I, and I don't. I think that's a compliment to Jeff Parker. It doesn't feel feel like it's like oh god, it's been so long. It just feels like he. I think he has managed to craft an era uh, out yeah. of the character. By you know, he he took the reins from Jeff, and then has managed to do his own thing despite his name being very similar. And <laughs> it just it doesn't the 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 John's run feels like a distinct time period and it really was not just barely a year ago um so in terms of you know we a lot has happened in a year obviously this time last year aquaman and the others was not a series yet that didn't start until the middle of the year um so it's that's been a remarkable thing is that uh that you know nobody including myself was very confident 
that Aquaman was going to be able to weather that storm of losing Johns, Reese, Prado, and Reese. Because, you know, Aquaman has always had trouble selling a book, and even though he has been one of the big New 52 stars, him and Omac, that it just, yeah, I was so, I never resist. Um, I was, I was scared, you know, I was scared that just if Johns was such a name, and there were already so many people that were like, oh man, I'm dumping this book as soon as Johns, that Aquaman was just going to just, no pun intended, tank. And luckily, it didn't. It didn't. People stuck with it. They gave, Jeff, they gave Jeff Parker a chance. They gave Paul Pelletier a chance. To the point now where there were months during the year when Paul Pelletier had to miss an issue or only do part of an issue because apparently he has a tough time keeping up with the deadline. People were, like, complaining. Hey, where's Paul Pelletier? Which is great. You know, that is great. That's, like, that's, that's people embracing Pelletier's work and the anchor Sean Parsons and the new colorist Rain Barreto. They're all doing really, really great work. The book is... Uh, maintained its fun quotient in a different way. It's kind of a lighter-hearted book than it was under John's. Uh, there's a lot less bloody violence, which I just sort of personally appreciate. Um, a lot more, um, I'd say, two-issue arcs, too. Yeah, well, I mean, he right now we're in the middle of Maelstrom, which is three three parts, and there's going to be longer than that. But yeah, it, it's... I, Parker has... He... He's... Um, there's more kind of callbacks to the, the Aquaman past. Uh, I mean, you see little nods here and there to different characters, from like the fire trolls and all this other kind of stuff. So he's made it more lighthearted, and I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it gives me hope that this Aquaman title will get past 75 issues. Because that's all I want at this point. I just want right. Aquaman to get past 75 issues. You want to hold number 76 in your hands. I really, really do. I really do. I mean, for God's sake, Scooby-Doo got it into like the 100s, you know? Um, I want to hold Firestorm 101 in my hands. Yeah, right. Now, yeah. Look, like Firestorm. I mean, Fire, Aquaman's been around for 74 years, and <laughs> Firestorm has gotten into the 100s. So uh, that's been a great year. Now, the thing with Aquaman and the others, obviously we all know the news that, that Aquaman and the others is being canceled. So that isn't the greatest news in the world. It's not completely unexpected. I don't think that Aquaman and the others totally found its footing. Uh, I, I think it got a rough start. And I don't think it really got the chance to sort of find itself. Uh, And I think in this comic book marketplace where, you know, you got to be a hit because there's just no room for a low selling title. It's just not going to, it just didn't get that chance. It's going to be canceled at at the 11th issue. Um, 11 issues is pretty decent though. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, but it was a second Aquaman title. Yeah. I mean, right. That's the other thing. That's the thing I wanted to step back from. And you realize Aquaman was the marquee character of a second title. I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth, ever. Um, except in fan fiction. Except, well, except in my fan fiction. Yeah, except in my diary. Uh, so that is remarkable. And in terms of looking forward, uh, there are other Aquaman comics on the horizon. There are rumors of a second Aquaman series that is going to take the place of Aquaman and the others. Done, hmm. done by people that have done Aquaman before and were very popular uh, on the title. Um, so... What, 2015, we're looking at uh, Aquaman and the Ravers by Kurt Busiek and Ramona Fraden or something? I would buy that book. I would absolutely <laughs> buy that book. I would buy Aquaman drawn by Ramona Fraden again. I don't care what sure. characters you put into it. I mean, think of whatever character I hate, and I wouldn't care if it's Ramona Fraden drawing it. Um, but there is there is that sort of rumor floating around. And then on Aquaman, Twitter, Aquaman and the Legion. I, I, would, I would buy that book. <laughs> I would buy that book. 
Um, Fair enough. I hope it's the L period, E period, G period, oh, I period, geez. O period, N period. That super annoying version. It means him and Lobo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's another thing going on, which on Twitter, the artist Becky Cloonan, very talented artist Becky Cloonan, has been posting little glimpses of Aquaman drawings. And we, the Aquaman train, tweeted back at her saying, hey, Becky Cloonan seems to be teasing us uh, because she's posting images of some sort of Aquaman project, but we don't know what that is. And then she responded to us with a, a gif of the witch from Snow White, like lowering herself into this trapdoor, like looking all suspicious, like, hey, hey, hey. So clearly teasing us. So, so she's like, up to something. She's up to something. So I think there's another Aquaman project on the horizon that we don't even know about yet. So uh, I think there's a, you know, Aquaman had a, the, one of the greatest years of his of his history in 2014. And I, it looks like we're going to continue on with that in 2015. And then 2016, which will be his 75th birthday. Wow. So, I mean, I, I know I've said this before on the show, but just Aquaman leading his own second title is amazing. Flash, is. Flash has never done that. Green Arrow's never done that. Adam, Hawkman, you know, Red Tornado. Well, he's never even had his own at all. Uh, you know, none of Red them, Tornado and the Ravers. That would be a book. Right. <laughs> he has never – none of them have ever managed a second series. Even characters like Wonder Woman just recently managed to get a second series with, um, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman or Sensational Comics, whatever. But prior to that, never had a double – a second series going on at one time. So just – Wow, that Aquaman was able to pull this off. That's fantastic. Yep. And, and you know, with, with the others, I think one of the things that kind of hurt Aquaman, you and I – hurt that book. You and I have talked about this before was a lot of folks had said they wanted more Aquaman in their Aquaman and the Ravers. And <laughs> I keep saying it now, Aquaman and the others. Uh, I think – and this is just totally my take. I could be way off base. But I always felt like Aquaman and the others was actually a book that was intended to be the others – because we'd heard rumors about this book since, like, pff, gosh, three years almost we've been hearing rumors about this book. And so I feel like it was sort of one of the situations where DC just wouldn't pull the trigger, wouldn't pull the trigger, wouldn't pull the trigger. And someone said, well, tell you what, what if it's not the others? What if it's Aquaman and the others? And they're like, oh, okay, let's pull that trigger. So I feel like it was never really intended to be an Aquaman book. It was intended to be an others book. Oh, and Aquaman got thrown in. But – I could be off base. Yeah, I've no... never heard that. I mean, I don't. Yeah, we've heard we heard different things back and forth during the development that it was going to be others, and then it was Aquaman and the others. So, yeah, I it, I, I think that Jurgens was in a tough spot because you needed to build up the others so they could carry the book. Mm-hmm. But I think people were buying it because it was Aquaman. So like he was in it, but then he was shoved to the side. And I think for people that were – the Aquaman has a lot of new fans, a lot of new fans. And I think people that were coming to that second title based on that new appreciation were buying it for Aquaman. And then when he spent two whole issues laying on the ground wounded, I think people were just like, what? You know, like what, what, what the heck? So I think I'm – not, I'm not blaming Dan. I just think – I think just situationally, he was in a tough spot, and I don't. I just think people didn't quite latch on to it. And you know, like I said, it's uh, you know, eleven issues. Yeah, it's a good run, I guess. But I, I again, I don't ever want to be critical, but I always, I, I, I felt like that the book started with a six-issue storyline was not the greatest idea in the world. And I know that everybody's writing to the trades, and that's just a business part of it. But 
I, I would have liked to have seen some shorter stories establishing the others to me quicker and giving them some more, giving people some, some beginning, middle, and end in the beginning as opposed to, you know, buying the first issue of Aquaman and the others and reading part one of five. Yeah. You know, you're just like, yeah. whoa, you know, you're, you're all of a sudden into this big commitment. So, you know, it was, a, it was an experiment that didn't totally work. So, hey, you know, I'm props to DC for trying. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe, you know, another year or two, like you said, we'll have another Aquaman series and we'll still have two on the market, which would be unbelievable. Yep. So, well, we're going to kind of follow sort of like a pattern of sorts. We just discussed Aquaman in comics. Now we're going to discuss Firestorm in comics in 2014. When 2014 started, uh, actually, Rob didn't mention this, but I will. When 2014 started, Aquaman wasn't technically in comics, he was trapped. It, during the Forever Evil miniseries, which was around issue four or five at the beginning of the year, turns out that Firestorm, sorry, this is a big spoiler for Forever Evil. If you haven't read it, jump forward about ten minutes. In Forever Evil, the Justice League had vanished, including Aquaman, and no one knew where they were. The world was taken over by the bad guys. Turns out the Justice League were being held prisoner inside the Firestorm Matrix. So Firestorm himself was actually a prison containing the entire Justice League, including Aquaman. So I'm just saying, Aquaman, inside Firestorm. There you go. What do you think? What do you think of that, buddy? It sounds like a porn film. Oh! I wasn't going there! Oh! And normally I would be the one to go there, let's just say. But anyway, so... Trying on a new persona for the uh, new year. <laughs> new year, right. And breaking those old habits. So, Firestorm, by the end of the series, you know, the Justice League, of course, is freed, and Firestorm sort of goes away. We never really got a good resolution on what happened to him. We, technically, we ha still haven't seen him in modern day since. So, really, if you think about it, Firestorm hasn't been seen since the end of River Evil. However, we received a, a, not received, but we had a new comic come out called um, Future's End. And in Future's End, which is five years in the future, you did get, we did get to see Firestorm. We did see Ronnie and Jason together as Firestorm. Ultimately, sorry, this is spoilers for Future's End, Ronnie died, and Jason fused with another individual, a woman named Madison, Madison, sorry, Madison Pryor. God, I'm getting into this all wrong. Her name's Madison Payne. Uh, man, it's okay. late, folks. It's really late, folks. And this, we've had some serious recording problems, so forgive me. Should we tell them? Should we just be honest? This is the 14th time we've recorded this episode. Yeah. It's going to work this time. I feel confident. So, If you're hearing this, then it right. works. <laughs> if you're listening anyway. to Silence, where this episode should have been, then it didn't. Right, exactly. So her name is Madison Payne, former girlfriend of Tim Drake, uh, Red Robin, and her and Jason Rush now form to fuse uh, Firestorm, a female version of Firestorm, and that is, again, in the future. So it's five years in the future. So wh what's going to happen here when Future's End comes to an end, which is, an, you know, Future's End is an alternate timeline. We're heading into the convergence slash crisis event of the multi-universe event of the year of the decade, whatever. So what's going to come out on the other side of this? Will Jason and Madison still be Firestorm? I think the answer is yes and no. This is totally speculative now. And we're, and this is to the future, not really looking back. But I th And I don't think I've said this on the show. I've said it to a few people privately. But I think the real reason they've created this secondary female Firestorm is so that they can get back to the iconic version of Firestorm, which is Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond. Which is sort of like, well, wait a minute, Shaq, that's the exact opposite of what you just said. Because there's a guy and a girl, and neither one of them are the Stein or, or Raymond. 
where I think they're going is, I think they, DC found themselves in a position where they said, okay, Firestorm's going to be on the Flash TV show. We like iconic versions of characters, so we want Firestorm to be Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein. However, we have created Jason Rush, who's a you know integral part of Firestorm. He's a very popular character. What do we do? We can't just push Jason to the side, make him go away. That wouldn't be fair. It's a good character, and quite frankly, DC can't afford the bad public relations right now because they have pushed aside enough minority characters over the last couple of years and taken a lot of heat for it. So what do they do? Well, they cr- you know again speculation create a second Firestorm. So now you've got Madison Payne and Jason Rush flying around as Firestorm. That frees up Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein to also become Firestorm. We could have two Firestorms, and given that it's a multi-world event, by the end of it, maybe Jason and Madison are going to be like the Firestorm of Earth 2, and Ronnie and Professor will be Firestorm Earth 1, or different time periods, or whatever. But that way you could have two Firestorms, Nobody loses any characters, and you get your iconic version. Maybe this is the beginning of the Firestorm core. <laughs> yeah, they're going to hand out rings and everything. That'd be awesome. Uh, that'd be great. So I did fail to mention there were, uh, Firestorm did appear in a couple other places. During Forever Evil, He was also there was also the Forever Evil Argus miniseries, which I talked about at the top of the show. I don't need to go over it again, but just know that a lot of Firestorm supporting characters were in that. Also, in the Justice League of America book, most of that took place inside the Firestorm Matrix. It was uh, Martin, uh, not Martin Stein, uh, Martian Manhunter and Stargirl trying to fight their way out of the Firestorm Matrix for quite a bit in those issues as well. So, Last place to mention Firestorm of the comics was a comic called Justice League 3000, which had featured a version of, had the Justice League far in the future. They, they weren't quite clones. They were sort of just recreations or reincarnations. It's kind of hard to explain. But they were the Justice League in the future. But they didn't come back right. Like Superman came back, but without the upbringing he received in Kansas. So he's a bit of a tool. Um, Batman didn't suffer the sorrow of his parents dying, so he actually cracks jokes and stuff. You know, Wonder Woman didn't have, you know, sort of the nurturing hand of Hippolyta, so she's just pure savage, you know, wants to beat the crap out of everybody. So Firestorm didn't come back quite right either. If I remember right, I think they didn't bring back Stein, but they brought back Ronnie sort of thing. Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a few issues behind. I read the, his first couple introductory issues. The rest of them have actually just have stacked up due to time and availability, but I have been getting them. Um, I plan on finishing reading them, and I, I enjoy that Just League 3000 title. I don't think it's long for this world. I think it's going to end pretty soon. And actually, it, it has I don't know if you heard about this. It actually has Booster Gold and Blue Beetle in it. Yes, I did hear that. Yeah. And they are Booster Gold and Blue Beetle from the pre-Flashpoint universe. It's, it's getting, not it's getting crazy out there. Right. I mean, it's just nuts. So it's sort of the beginning of the Convergence stuff. I think it's like a first hint of it, probably. The, but either Aqu- way. the Aquaman in Convergence has a hook for a hand. He, well, if you look at that image with Aquaman with a hook for a hand, that is a very, very specific image. Um, if you look closely, it has what steel in it, Aquaman with the hook hand, Hal is parallax, and Connor Hawk, I think, or something like that. Oh, the one I saw was just she was just a single image of Aquaman. Oh, oh, okay. I was just talking about the convergence poster that Dan Jurgens did. But if you look, one with all the little little inset pictures, but that one's like if you look at that picture, that is clearly took place during Zero Hour. Oh boy. Is, is when that, well, I mean, it's Dan, so right. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Anyway, so that's Firestorm and Comics, folks. Um, there you go. 
Now, uh, merchandising. I don't know if you. I mean, Aquaman. He's he's constantly in merchandising. So I don't know if there's if there's any big pieces to talk about or not. But no, I mean, I. It's it's funny enough that my whole collecting bug got destroyed by the fact that Aquaman is popular now, because it was easy to collect stuff when there wasn't as much, and now he's pretty much part of every line, and so I just sort of gave up that portion of it. I still keep track of it all on the shrine. Luckily, people are out there buying it, so they send me pictures. But in terms of my personal collection, yeah, I just sort of fade, faded that stuff out because I just, I just got like, I don't need to own everything. I, I, I just sort of just changed my, my attitude about that. I had the same thing about back when I used to, um, I used to, I own like, however, I own like every Bob Dylan album. It's like all 40 albums and I own like twice as many bootlegs. And then I used to buy every bootleg that, that I could get my hands on. And then at some point I'm like, do I need another live version of All Along the Watchtower? I don't think I do. <laughs> so then I just started picking and choosing, and that's the same thing with Aquaman. So, like, if they came out with, like, a new jail Justice League Unlimited, like, Bruce Timm-style Aquaman, like, that I'd probably buy. But for the most part, I let everything go just because it's like, I, I don't have the money, don't have the storage, you know? Yeah. There's just, just yeah. so much of it now. I'm the same with Doctor Who. You know, like, during what, what we oh call... Oh, my what, God, yeah. That's well, everything What now. us fans call the wilderness years, right. which was 1989 to 19... I'm sorry, 2005. All that Paul there, McGann merchandise. Exactly. I mean, I think I have it all. <laughs> I mean, there was pretty much everything that came out during that time period you could get, you know, reasonably so. You spend a little bit of money every month, but you could get it. Now it's like, holy crap. Right. I can't even keep up with one product line, whether right. it be toys or books or audio or anything. It's just, there's too much. So I understand what you mean with Aquaman. Right. But with Firestorm, we've got, I mean, we've had a, a, a good amount of pieces, but a few just worth mentioning. Eagle Moss released their, you know, they're doing that JLA chess set. They released a Firestorm chess piece, which is really nice. Uh, it was the first time we got to see him in his new 52, like, Ronnie Jason Emerge costume. It was very pleasant, like that. Then I just found out between, I think, the 11th and 12th recording of this episode, I found out that uh, from our good buddy Aaron Moss, the Killer Frost chess piece has come out as well. I didn't even know that. So that's something I'm going to have to get my hands on now. Probably have to pay, like, extra pricing ugh, or whatever but so the, the killer frost piece is out for the chess set as well and then one more thing this this is kind of a cool action figure that came out you know the maddie collector where you have to be a member and subscribe or all this stuff they have released their very last dc action figure pretty much the of the total heroes line and it is firestorm and he had the, one of the neat features about him is he's got replaceable heads. You can use like a, a Ronnie head, a Jason head, or a Fury head. He's got lots of different hands and stuff. But most importantly, he has this little stick peg, whatever, that goes in his back. And floating over his shoulder is a translucent head of Professor Martin Stein. Called so it. There. Yeah, I was going to say. And Rob suggested this a few years ago, actually. So, um, You're welcome, Firestorm fans. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Every time I look at my figure, I'll say that. And then video games. Let's see. Uh, you know, Firestorm. Yeah, Aquaman has been in a few video games. He, I guess he was in the Lego. He's Batman. been in all the Lego stuff lately, which is great. He, yeah, he's they've they've definitely made uh, pains to incorporate him in all the Lego Batman stuff, which is which is super fun. 
Very cool. Well, Firestorm actually broke into the Lego stuff as well. He's in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. So I, I haven't gotten to it yet myself because I suck at video games and I can't save Adam West. I don't know what to do. But my stepson somehow unlocked the figure, but he still can't figure out how to access it. So I don't know what that's about. Either way, it's out there. I've seen some screenshots. Uh, our buddy John Godwin <laughs> sent me this great message. He, he unlocked Firestorm. He was playing his Firestorm. And he took a screenshot, a screen cap of him, of, of his Firestorm and Aquaman right next to each other in the game, which was really cool. Yeah. And I asked him about it. He said, oh, yeah, Aquaman was just standing there when I went up to him. I'm like, oh, kind of like what he's done for the last 70 years. So, but I'm bumped. Since Rob wasn't going to add that sound effect, I had to do that myself. No, I'm not. Uh, videos, Bob, uh, uh, Rob, any videos? Uh, any Aquaman on video sort of stuff? <laughs> what is this term? Video, yeah, on VHS on Betamax. Uh, any Betamax lately? Yeah, yeah, laser disc. It's awesome. You got to flip it over, but it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean he's had a tremendous. Year. I mean he appeared in the Lego Batman TV special, which was called Batman Beleaguered. Which aired on Cartoon Network, which was really fun. It had like a um, almost classic Warner Brothers cartoon spirit to it, with some really very fun old style jokes. And he was in that, which was great. Um, you know, he. I, I haven't I haven't seen that. I'm going to yeah, check it out. You, now, is, like, it, is is it like the Lego Batman from the Lego movie, or the Lego Batman from like the games? Uh, it's more like the game one. So it's, it's not Will like, Arnett. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not Will Arnett. I love that Batman in the in the Lego movie. God, um, he's funny. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, he's in that, and that's that was really a lot of fun. I believe you can watch it for free on the Cartoon Network um, oh. channel, website. Cool. But um, yeah, I mean, he had a tremendous year. You know, there, in the early 2000s, poor Aquaman was just frequently in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, uh, I mean, he basically never got to appear in Justice League Unlimited because of a special deal they had cut uh, separately to make the Aquaman pilot. Now, wait, I don't know... Wait a minute. What'd you just say? Aquaman never appeared in Justice League I didn't League say Unlimited. never. I didn't say never. Mostly. He generally... And that's why at the near... Like, he wasn't in, like, the last two years of the show or something like that. That's why uh, they, didn't, they, they didn't have Black Mana. They had that other guy, like, Devil Ray. He, he was, was in it... He was in it when the show was Justice League. But he wasn't really in it when it was Justice League Unlimited. Right. He was in it on... He did appear on Unlimited, but he was very, very limited appearances. Cut I mean, his freaking hand off in the show. Right, yeah. That was in the beginning. But they, yeah. they lost the use of that character and Black Mana uh, because of the pilot deal that they had uh, made. Mercy so, Reef. The Mercy Reef thing. And that's, a, you know, that's like a shame because, you know, he would have done well to have... I liked the version they had in JLU, in JLU. And then he got lifted out of that. And then they made the pilot... And for whatever you want to think about the pilot, that didn't get a fair shake because just as they finished producing it, the CW and the WB networks merged, which all of a sudden means you had half as many slots for the same amount of shows for two networks. And so that show – so it's like they took him out of jail you to make the pilot and then the pilot never went anywhere mm. through no fault of the show. So it was just like he was really snake bitten during the 2000s, but now not so much because obviously the news broke that he is going to be not only in the Batman v Superman movie, which is huge enough, yep. he's getting his own movie. Which well, is, he's getting two of them, really. He's getting one in a couple of weeks to start with. Well, yes, he's getting. I was getting. I was going to get to that. Well, Thank we're you supposed to be talking much. about animation, but anyway. Is this not my segment? I will run my segment the way I goddamn want to. So anyway, jeez. 
Uh, he's getting his own movie. So, which, sorry, Mr. Kelly, sir. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's getting his own movie, which is, I guess we have to skip to that because we have to get the throne of Atlantis because Captain Impatient wants to talk about it. So uh, it, is, it is first. It is first. We are getting the Just League Throne of Atlantis movie, which is to say they'll be the first animated thing that he is has any sort of significant role in. He's been in some of the other ones, but they've basically been glorified cameos. Uh, this one, he's getting his own thing. I mean, when he got bumped out of Justice League War, that became a whole big sort of cause celeb on Twitter, and the WB guy got to be, leaguer, be besieged by Aquaman fans saying, getting angry. And we did too. We, the, the Shrine was kind of up in arms a little bit about it. But we didn't know at the time that they'd always planned to give him his own animated thing, and that's going to debut. That's going to be out uh, for sale at the end of the month, Justice League Throne of Atlantis, which is basically going to be the storyline from the comics. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in the space of a little under 14 or 15 months, uh, Aquaman will be headlining an animated series, plus he will make his live-action debut on big screens, which is <laughs> just unbelievable. And, of course, we all know, played by Jason Momoa, um, Warner Brothers is clearly trying to subvert any of the whole, oh, he's the Rodney Dangerfield, of, by casting one of the meanest, nastiest-looking guys out there. Somebody who's really more appropriate for Namor, really but they're deciding you know what no one's going to be laughing at this aquaman when he walks in the screen because he's he looks like he could crush henry cavill between his biceps yeah. i mean you know so I, it'll be really interesting now i don't know how long or of a role obviously he's going to play but uh just the idea that less than four months after there's going to be new star wars i'm going to get to see aquaman on the big screen that is <laughs> crazy that is just every fan dream come true uh it is just completely out of this world well the the batman v superman appearance is that that's got it's gonna go well it just it will because it's gonna be a short appearance because that's obvious he's obviously not the focus character of the, sh- of the movie sure so his appearance will be short jason momoa will show up he'll be a total badass because he's just jason momoa and he'll probably be coming out of the water with his shirt off and just be like Rrr! you know punching a shark or, you know, whatever the hell he's going to do. And it's going to be cool. So he's going to come out of that looking good. The question is whether they can give us a script that will work for an entire film, whether the Aquaman movie will be received well. I think um, we, have, we have a buddy named Diablo Frank. You may have heard of him, who uh, has his own podcast, now, Marvel Superheroes Podcast. And over there, they talked recently about an Aquaman movie, and they uh, – really did make a lot of sense. It was really crazy. It was just one guy ranting and raving and cursing. And then, you know, an episode or two later, they read a letter on the air, a very intelligent, well-composed, uh, you know, I would say almost, you know, I don't know. It was, it was, it was literature, this letter. It was really well written by someone, a listener who talked about Aquaman, you know, saying their argument was juvenile. And so they addressed the issue and they made a lot more points that were a lot more reasoned, you know? They weren't just irrational about it. And they made some good points of why Aquaman may have a hard time on the big screen. I don't necessarily agree with what they said, but they made a lot more rational argument. Hats off to you, Frank, and um, I think his name's Illegal Machine or whatever. But one point they made, I really do agree with Rob. I think just putting the name Aquaman on the big screen is going to be a hard sell for them because of the, you know, quote-unquote Roddy Dangerfield getting no respect kind of thing Aquaman's been fighting for so many years. I mean, he's been so many comedians' punchline for so many years. It's a hard thing to fight. So I think that what we're going to have to see 
is going to be like almost a subtitle thing. Like Superman was Man of Steel, you know, and there's reasons for that, obviously. But Aquaman could be Aquaman, King of the Sea, or Aquaman, King of Atlantis, or the Power of Aquaman, oh, or God. Lord of the Ocean, you know, or something. I, like that. I will tell you why, at the very least, it will start with Aquaman. They may have a subtitle, but it will be Aquaman first. Is because in this era of uh, VOD. Uh, which is where studios are making all their money now outside of the theatrical windows. Yeah. Uh, they are falling over themselves to give their movies A titles because in giant uh, – in giant uh, like ph- Phone book rules. Phone book <laughs> rules, yes. In giant, in giant VOD search engines, nobody wants to wade through 400 titles to find something that they want to watch. So all the studios are trying to find – a way to put an A at the beginning of their movie titles. And with Aquaman, they've got that built in. They it's don't like have to fight for it. Video on demand, right? Yeah, yes. I'm sorry. I was using it. Yeah, we, we talk about <laughs> work. We just say VOD at this point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're falling all over themselves to, to have an A title. So, right there, they got it. But it doesn't mean they can't give it a subtitle, like you mentioned, you know, I'm King of the Sea or whatever. So. Time and Tide or, you know, whatever. Hook for a hand, you know, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> you know, I don't think this the, Aquaman. Think... This Aquaman rapes people. I mean, it is by Jason Momoa, so you never. God, you really need to watch Stargate Atlantis. No, I don't. <laughs> I guarantee I don't. You know the the hook with the hand thing. It's not going to happen. But if they did have to make it happen, the version of the tale from Justice League, the cartoon, is the way to go. That is, Where... I I don't want them to do it, but I agree. If they're going to do it, don't do it, please, don't do it. But if you do do it. Do the JLU version. Yeah, because that was really well done. The best one, best way to do it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so far, far in regard to Firestorm, Firestorm has not made an animation this year. Uh, in fact, whenever I think about Aquaman and Firestorm animation, I always think of uh, Justice League of like, Crisis on Two Earths, yeah. where both Aquaman and Firestorm have like really minor parts, and it happens to be in the same scenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just funny, but. Uh, this year, Wheeler was Assault on Arkham, which was really a Batman uh, labeled as a Batman movie, but really was like a Suicide Squad, you know, backdoor pilot cartoon, if you will, where Killer Frost appeared as one of the Suicide Squad members. So very cool. I actually haven't seen it yet myself. I've been meaning to watch it, just haven't got around to it. But I hear good things about it, so can't wait to see that. Then uh, you, you've talked about. Aquaman on the big screen, so Firestorm, for those of you who somehow have been living in a cave and aren't aware, Firestorm has appeared on the small screen, and many of his supporting characters as well. To start with, we had Caitlin Snow, who was played by Daniel Panabaker. She is the current incarnation uh, in the comics of Killer Frost. So as Caitlin Snow, she has appeared on Arrow initially with uh, Barry, uh, Barry Allen and stuff. And then right after that, that was just sort of a, again, backdoor pilot sort of thing. Spun her off into the Flash TV series, the Runaway. Get it, Runaway. Yeah, runaway it. success of the fall TV line over at CW. The Flash has been doing extremely well. So again, we've seen Caitlin Snow. She has not gone to Killer Frost yet, but Daniel Panabaker is in her interviews, is all but confirmed that it's going to happen sooner or later. We've also had Plastique. We've had Multiplex. Uh, we've had Ronnie Raymond. We're about to get Professor Stein. We're about to get Jason Rush. I mean, this show is incorrectly named. It should be Firestorm and his Atomic Friends. should be the name of this series. So. Miss Lion, did you get in trouble again? <laughs> They press that switch, and the dining room table goes under, they, and there's like a lab. That'd be awesome. They put the football trophy back. Yeah, they that'd pull the football great. trophy back. There. Firestorm awesome. and Firestar. Perfect. Fire, yeah. Firestorm and Iceman. There you go. There's a DC Marvel team up waiting to have. 
So, yes, Robbie Amell, Stephen Amell's cousin, is playing Firestorm. He's a pretty big star unto himself. I mean, he, he headlined The Tomorrow People. He's got a movie career. He's in something called The Duff right now. He's, there's, there's a zillion people that are gaga for this guy, which is helping Firestorm really maintain a high profile. If it was just a Joe Schmo actor, I'm not sure Firestorm would get as much attention as he's getting. But of all the characters they're building up on Flash – Besides the main character, he really seems to be the one that's getting the most attention is Firestorm. So again, we've seen Ronnie Raymond. We, uh, Robbie Mel has declared himself as Firestorm on an episode. He's shot flames. He's flown. We haven't seen any transmutation or anything like that, but we have seen him on fire. We will see Victor Garber, famous Victor actor, Victor Garber, as Professor Stein in an upcoming episode very soon. Same time, Jason Rush will be introduced. They're working on the Firestorm Project. Firestorm is an acronym, actually. So That's a long one. acronym. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> so we'll have to see if, Fire, if, if Ronnie Raymond chose his name of Firestorm because of that project. Fire some... is really exciting, so <laughs> try... Or I don't know. I got to work on it. I read one thing online, and I don't know if this was just a writer speculating or they had some sort of inside track, but they were saying that the Firestorm project had something to do with transmutation, which would be great because that would indicate Firestorm might actually have one of the powers he has in the comic books. Because uh, as of right now, the only power he has in the show that he has in the comics is flight. Because in the show, he shoots a bunch of fire and stuff, and Firestorm doesn't actually do that in the comics at all in fact except the elemental area era and this is not what that is so hopefully uh, we'll see something with transmutation hopefully it is not what they did in the comics where because you know jeff johns is very involved in the tv show so i was sort of afraid they might do what they he's been doing in the comics lately which is firestorm's powers come from the spark that ignited the big bang they say is that's where firestorm's powers came from um i've never really caught into that line of thinking. I'm hoping that they didn't go that route for the TV show. I think it could raise a little too many philosophical questions, too. So hopefully they'll just go with the transmutation area. We have seen a sneak preview of the co- of, the, of the costume. Robbie Amell tweeted a picture of his costume, and we did see the basically the Firestorm symbol, which is the big sun and the three little electrons. Or I should say nucleus. It's the nucleus and the three electron dots glowing. We've seen that in a, a little Instagram shot he, saw, he sent out. And let me tell you, I was probably more excited about that picture than anything else. I don't know why, but that one single picture got me so excited. And I was just like, I've waxed and waned a little bit on this because, you know, like, oh, it's Firestorm. Oh, but it's Firepowers. You know, it's like, uh, and then, but then this was just like, oh, my God, yes. Oh! So I got really excited when it I saw it. It shows a geeky dedication to the concept. It really does. Yeah. You know, I mean, my wife goes, that's not a costume. That's a jacket and jeans. I was like, well, we don't know where it's going. But you know what? It's a start. So I figure it's got to be some sort of like containment suit that Cisco puts together or something. I don't know. If they, if then, if they end up releasing a shot of Momoa in orange and green, I will feel the same way. I'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, like as a, I'll be happy whatever version they do. But if they do the one that I see in my head, of course, that'll be that much better. I'm telling you, he is going to be, he's going to look like the pad Aquaman without the hook. Oh, God. Okay. He's going to be shirtless. shirtless. Can I just say regarding Firestorm, who called that early on that they were going to do Firestorm? Oh, you called it years ago when they first Uh, introduced Felicity Smoke in in Arrow. I did. Yeah. I I mean, I've been wrong every single turn of this, guys. I mean, when Felicity came out, I, I, you know, he's like Rob said, oh, Firestorm's coming. I said, no way. When they actually announced Firestorm was coming, 
you know, I said, oh, well, but he won't be flaming. Oh, he is flaming. You know, oh, he won't be this. Everything I've said has been – because they keep – I guess what I'm saying is they keep giving us more faithful stuff on Firestorm. Yeah, and it I seems keep ex- improbable, yeah. Yeah, and I keep expecting them not to. I keep expecting right. them to deviate from faithfulness to the character, and yet they're, they keep going. So, and, you know, Jason Rush is a good example. You know, we knew about Victor Garber for a long time, but Jason Rush is a more recent announcement. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, because Victor Garber's a fairly well-known actor. And he might not feel like doing a silly superhero TV show. You know, he might say, you know what? I did a season. Thanks, guys. And so they've got Jason Rush right there. You know, I don't know if that's their plan or not, but that does give them an out to allow them to bring in Jason Rush to replace him and still have Firestorm, you know, whatever. There's already talk of a spinoff of The Flash, because Flash has done so strongly. Jeez. Oh, slow down, guys. I, I, I think they should. Being The Flash, they don't slow down, though. And I hope, you know, it'd be cool if it's Firestorm. I don't know that it would be. I don't know. It's He does seem to be the most high-profile supporting character right now. So that would be interesting if they went that route. I Again, I... I can't bring myself to believe these kinds of things because I don't want to cry myself to sleep in a pillow because I'm wrong. Coming next, coming next fall, Red Tornado starring Shemp Amel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it could very well be. It could very well be. Little known third brother of the Amel, Amel family. Yeah, cousin. Cousin. Yeah. So, um, either way, I'm excited. It's been great. We, we should see more Firestorm early next season. He is going to be a recurring character for a while. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Very excited about it. Never thought we would be at this day to see a live-action Firestorm. I was convinced. Even like six months ago, we'd never see a live-action Firestorm. So I said it on the show numerous times. Mm-hmm. And all the villains. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it really, it's like the first whole, it's like the first 12 issues of Firestorm come to life. Well, there's a couple characters we still need. Hyena. Uh, we need Hyena. That would be totally badass. Who else? Uh, Typhoon, the Storm of the Soul. And of He'd course... Be- Oh, oh, well, that's from issue 28, but we need to slip not. Yeah, you got to get him in there, yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, he, we, we've been saying for years he'd be a perfect Green Arrow villain. He would. So, yeah. you know, maybe he should show up in Arrow first. Oh, give me a crossover. Crossover. <laughs> so, the ML was together. So, then if you step away from Firestorm and Aquaman for a moment and just look at the show, we've had a couple big landmark things this year. I mean, we had episode 100 which uh, is hard to believe, three years in, and you know a lot of additional shows like Who's Who and Power Records and all that. But we still, we, we hit a 100th episode, and we had, poof, Jerry Conway himself, which was that amazing. That was our, our finest moment, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. It was great. And that's, that episode was a lot of fun. We had a lot of uh, fellow podcasters on the show, folks that have been involved in the show for years. So that was just, it was like a big reunion. It was like one of those TV reunion movies before the series was even canceled. So it was fun. <laughs> And then, freakishly enough, Rob and I met face-to-face. That was a big deal. We've never met. We've been talking online since 2001. Really got to know each other better, probably starting around 2009. And then, um, you know, then we've been doing this ridiculous thing for three years. And then met face-to-face. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Awkward, but cool. Awkward, yes. And if all goes well, uh, we might even be face-to-face oh, within maybe. the next two weeks. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. I might, awesome. I might decide to not show up, but you never know. That'd be awkward if I was just standing outside in the, you know, January Philadelphia weather <laughs> with my Florida blood freezing quickly. <laughs> well, um, you know what? 2014, you've been a great year. Uh, I raise my glass. I, I toast to my old friend 2014 and say farewell. 
Thanks for all the memories. You will be remembered fondly for our characters. And I look forward to a fantastic 2015. Yeah, uh, I want to say before we sign off, um, I got a whole bunch of Christmas cards in the mail. And I don't send them out because I'm lazy. But I got a whole <laughs> bunch. And, like, other than the ones from my family, they were all from Nuclear Subs. Aww. Which was really very touching. I, I appeared in Shag's Christmas card, the geek one that he sent out to people, <laughs> which is shocking. Um, but uh, <laughs> I figured that had to be weird. You open the envelope, it's a picture of yourself. Yeah, like, what the hell? But I got a bunch of cards. I got one from Corey Hodgton, and I got one from Russell, of course, and I got one from Luke Dobb, and, and I got a bunch of other ones. So it was really very nice. So thanks, everybody, for taking the effort to, to send me uh, Christmas cards. Because, like I said, I'm just too lazy. I don't do it. But I do appreciate it, and I do have them up here on my uh, – on the on the cabinet here as as I'm sitting here recording, so that was very nice. It's really been a the the fire and water community is is a whole lot of fun, and we really do enjoy it. And uh, so yeah, that and you know we just continue we're continu- continuing on with that as uh, we head into 2015. Well, I, like Rob, I received many many kind, g- just generous cards from many of you nuclear subs out there, and it just they all meant the world to me. So I really appreciate that, guys. Thank you. So yes, it is the single greatest podcast listening community ever heading out looking at forward to 2015 can't wait we've got some exciting plans in the works for 2015 should be good stuff and then until then though i think it's just time to say fan the flame and ride the wave have a happy new year everybody bye now to my big brother george the richest man in town Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. boy, Clarence. Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year.